Okay, we are two A, I'm assuming three, four. four. Okay, so we buy the two dots, six lines at the bottom of the page, we just started this off, let's kick off. Okay. Rebliezer Oimer Rebliezer is Mekanla Pishnaim. Rebliezer said, as did Reb Yeshua, that when it comes to Kino, it comes to warning, you need two witnesses. When it comes to Stira, when it comes to seclusion, that's a Machloikas. Rebliezer said, it can even be one witness, and according to Reb Yeshua, it has to be two. Now the Gemara says, and this is where we were in, Ad Kanlai Pligi the only argument between Rebbe Lez and Rebbe Yeshua is whether you need two witnesses by seclusion. Right? Two witnesses to say that she was tucker alone with the man after warning. Right. But if it comes to impurity, meaning relations itself, right. one witness is believed. In other words, when it comes to warning, you need two witnesses to say he warned her. Don't be alone with them. When it comes to seclusion, it's an argument if you need two witnesses or not. But when it comes to relations, if one guy rocks up and says, Hey, I was in the room. She was having relations with him. We believe him. Now, which is very interesting because normally when it comes to testimony in the Torah, you need what? Two witnesses. Two witnesses. Okay. Now, now you believe the man over the woman or the husband. Not the man over the woman. You believe one witness. It could be anybody. Oh. Any man. No, it's not the husband. Oh. It's one witness says he was in the room. He saw the relations we believe in. Sorry? Yeah, so Pashtus, Pashtus uh, not. But there are cases we do believe the husband. Right, so we'll have to see later on. I know for Stira, for... Um, Seclusion, according to Rabbi Yezir, you do even believe the husband. Over here, we didn't use that language, so we'll have to see later on if we tuck it. But let's assume we're talking about a third party. Now, says the Gemara, there's a Mishnah also later on. One witness comes along and says, I saw that Taka, she had relations with a man. So she doesn't drink the waters. And guess what happens? She loses out on three things. What are the three things she loses out on? She can't marry the... the she has to get divorced from her husband. She can't marry the... She can't marry the guy she was with. And the other thing is, is that she loses truma if she is married to a Kayan and she was a Yisraelis. And yes, obviously when she gets divorced, she loses the Ksuba as well. Well, it, what, why is it not even, but she's not divorced yet. Even before she's divorced, she's still married. She can't eat the trumpet. Right. So there's a couple of things. Now, the, the question over here is, what is the case when someone witnessed that she had relations with the man? Was it specifically after the kinoi and the stira? Was it in the case of the stira? Was it without our case over here? What's the case? Some case, says Rashi, listen to this. That's what I would have said. Rashi says, Shinit Mace. Based on Aleph, yeah. Right? Shinit Mace. But I says Rashi. You know what the case is when we believe the man, the one witness, to say she had relations. 
when it's one of the guys who witnessed her being secluded. So says Rashi, the only time we will believe one guy to forbid it to her husband that Taka she had relations is when, when you had two guys saying that she went into the room and then one of them followed her in and saw her having relations, then we believe it. But normally, one guy comes along and says, I saw she had relations with a guy. We throw it out. We chuck it out. It's only over here. Why? Yeah, yeah, but what's, what's motivating us over here to say that we should believe him? We don't believe one witness in the Torah. So why in this case specifically we believe the witness that Yitaka had relations? It's a rise. It's a rise, that's true, but normally we say by a rise you need two witnesses. We learn Dova Dova, Xerishava, that we normally have two witnesses. So what's specific over here? One of the same guys who saw us secluded. But it was us wrong. Oh, very good. So says Toysvis the following point. Toysvis says, you know why? Because there's something called Raglayim Nadova. Literally their legs to the matter. Which means circumstantial evidence. Since she was warned, don't be alone with this guy. And she went ahead and was alone. Now on top of that, a guy says that she had relations when she was alone. Here and only here we believe. But you should know that just that logic of circumstances wouldn't be enough. We still need a posik to prove it. Because why is that? Because when a person is married, they have a chizkas kashros. We have an assumption that they're not going to get up to mischief. Provided that they're an elecha person, they're a regular person. They're not getting up to mischief normally. We don't assume they did until proven otherwise. But over here, the Torah's mechadish gives us a novel idea. That once she's been warned, and she was secluded, and a guy comes and says, look, she did monkey business inside, we tuck her, believe him, and she loses everything. But only in that case. We don't assume monkey business. That's a general rule. However, there is an interesting question. What happens if there's a coil? Literally a a rumor. There's a rumor in the town that so-and-so has gotten up to mischief. Right. So the rule is with the rumors, we do need to investigate. Sometimes it's Lashon Hara, but sometimes there is actually water to it. So you've got to kind of like evaluate in every case. I know that uh, there was a question that some Sofer was asked. When you employ a chazan, especially for Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, you need to investigate that he's clean. He's what? He's clean. Which means, yeah, he's not getting up to any mischief. And there was a case where there was proof brought against the chazan. The chazan said, you can't use the chazan. You can't use it. Because, you know, there there was strong evidence to show that this guy was doing things he shouldn't be doing. And for a chazan Rosh Hashanah Kippur, he's got to be the representative of the Jewish people. What's that? That's right, exactly. So there are times we consider rumor times that we don't. But over here, there is circumstantial evidence. Now we're going to see where in the Torah do we see that one witness actually for a soita, we believe him that he had that she had relations. She doesn't drink. She's forbidden. Says the Gemara. We are two a. Right at the bottom, second last line of the page. Says the Gemara, the third word in line. 
Where in the Torah do you see the Chistaka? We believe one witness after the warning, after the seclusion, that she had relations and therefore forbids her. Now, we mentioned yesterday that Posuk, that the Posuk was a very wordy Posuk. And we said the Gemara explains that Posuk is talking. In the subject of Soita, there's one Posuk that's talking about when she did have relations and we forbid her. And there's a Posuk where we don't know and we therefore make her drink if she chooses. Fine. Says the Gemara, the Posuk says, the aid ain't bar. In the Posuk, it talks about when we know she did relations, it says there was no witness against her. So we asked, there's no witness, what's the proof? When it says there's no witness against, are we talking about two witnesses? Or are we talking about one? Good. So Gemara seems to be asking a very silly question, because the word aid means one witness. However, we're going to see that using a principle we have elsewhere in the Torah, we're going to explain the Pasuk differently. Talmud Loma, the Pasuk says elsewhere. When it comes to monetary matters, I want to get money out of you. One man cannot be a witness against someone. Now listen to the language. He can't get up. One witness against a man. Interesting. He's not getting up against a man. Well, it's one man getting up against another man. But what do you mean one witness? Just say, aid. Aid already is one witness. Why do you have to say, one witness, echod, who is one? Mimash mishinema, from the fact that it says, lo yaka made beish, if it would have said, a witness may not get up against a man, obviously a witness like Avi said is singular. So why does the Torah add the word echod? In other words, the word aid by itself. Different to English. The word aid by itself means one witness. So when you say Eid Echod, you are adding something that's unnecessary. You're like emphasizing a witness that is one. Why are you doing that? Zeb This is a rule that we learn. Whenever the Torah says Eid, a witness, it means two. Until the Torah specifies Echod, one. Now let's understand that a minute. When the Torah says the word aid, it should mean one witness. However, elsewhere the Torah says aid echot. The witness that is one. Superfluous. It's telling you the following. If I'm dealing with one witness, I will tell you specifically one witness. If I mean two witnesses, I'll just use the word witness. Why? Because in the Torah's eyes, what is a valid testimony? Two witnesses. One witness can do very little. One witness in monetary matters can get a person to take a shvur sometimes, an oath. There was a case of one guy who came to Beistin. Is it dinner mamanus b'shlosha? That's with a Beistin. A Beistin is shlosha, but with a witness is too. Good point. There was a case in the Gemara. One guy came up and spoke about someone. And the Beistin took Malchus and gave the guy who spoke about him lashes. He said, understand, this guy sinned and I get lashes. They said, not even before that. They said, you're one witness. You're talking Lashonara. You don't have any, any, uh, any legs to stand on. Who are you to go and claim in Basin against this guy if you're only one person? 
Well, they wanted to show him, you don't speak Lashon Hara. The Torah does not consider one witness as a rule. As a rule, it's two across the board. We'll see why. So therefore, when the Torah says the word aid, which normally would translate as one witness, it means two witnesses. Well, it it mentions aid after each individual. Like when it signs, it says, David ben Eliezer, aid. Shimon ben uh, David, aid. But it's two witnesses. It has to be two witnesses. Otherwise, it's worthless. It's got to be two people. Correct, but that's because it says aid after his name. Once you're saying a guy's name, it's different. Fine. So now let's analyze this now. If we go back to the Posuk, the Posuk said by Soita, aid ain't bar. There isn't an aid against her. Now we understand that means there's not <laughs> two witnesses against her, implying that there is one. What? You go back to the Pasuk, Pasuk said, in the case of when there's a claim against her that she had relations and someone saw in the room who, it says, aid ain't bar. There isn't aid against her, which means there isn't two witnesses against her. So what does that imply? There isn't two witnesses, but there is one. Why? You just said, you just said two. No. If I tell you there aren't two there, what am I telling you? There's only one. That's right. You just said this about eight means two. Yes, and we just said in the post there isn't eight. Yeah, it's in the oh, negative. Oh, That's right. Oh, the negative. There isn't two oh, means there is one. Okay, okay. So it says the Gemara now to speak that out. The merciful one said, which means Hashem trailace boy in the case of the Saita when the person comes and says she had relations because I saw it inside. There isn't two. But there is one witness. And guess what? And the Pasuk says she wasn't raped. How are you going to know she wasn't raped? It must be that the guy witnessed it. Asura, she's taka for burden. So where do we know that we believe one witness with the Saita? Because the Pasuk that's talking about when she did relations says, we haven't got two witnesses by her. But we have one witness who saw our relations She's also to her husband. And that's the reason why we forbid her. No, you can't put it to death. When can you put it to death? Only if there is two witnesses who warn her before she does it. Right? That's always the rule, right? Adim and Asra. So now we have the following. When it comes to warning her, everyone says at this stage you need two witnesses. When it comes to seclusion, it's an argument if you need two or one. When it comes to relations after warning and seclusion, everybody holds because the Torah says one witness is sufficient to forbid it to a husband. We take it now as fact because of the circumstantial evidence. The Torah is telling us you consider that and case closed. So the whole din of soita that we're going to see with the drinking is only talking about when we don't know what took place. Okay. Okay, so that's very good. Normally, so first of all, you've got to know that we cross-examine him. We cross-examine him, we, we ferret out the truth from him. That's a fact. We don't take it as a principle. And he's got to be someone with the cheskas kashas that we can rely on. Not a thief or not someone who's done, uh, you know, gotten up to mischief before. Once he has passed that, you know, that credit check, and we interrogate him, then in this case only, we believe him. But, but as a rule, we don't. 
the waters wouldn't work. No, the waters wouldn't work in this case. In fact, it's forbidden to do the waters because you know what violation you're doing if you do the waters without permission? You're erasing Hashem's name. Because they would erase Hashem's name in the waters and then they can drink. Normally it's a total prohibition to raise Hashem's name. So over here the waters wouldn't work. There are cases... But it would be okay. She would be okay. In which case she would get a lot of bracha. That's if she was innocent and there wasn't a witness for relations. That's right. That's right. Okay. Now the Gemara is going to challenge this. You're telling me that the pshat, the explanation of the Pasuk is... Eight ain't bothers and two witnesses who saw have relations, but there is... One who still have relations, and then we forbid her. And the reason why I learned the Pasuk that way is because of the fact that we have a general rule that the word aid in the Torah means how many? Two. Two. Because of uh, another Pasuk, the word aid always means two. So therefore, there isn't two, but there is one. That's how we're learning now. Now we're going to challenge this. What's that? That's right, that's a general principle to the rest of the Torah. Says the Gemara, I don't accept this so easily. Hello, rather, if you're right, time, uh, the reason why you're learning, Eidein Bar means there isn't two, but there is one. Because the Pasuk elsewhere says, One man cannot testify against the other. But if we wouldn't have that other Pasuk to tell us our rule, that aid means two. Have a mina, I would have thought. Aid de soita. That when we said the word aid by soita, I would have thought is chadu. I thought it was one. But that can't be. Gemara says, no, 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 no. When you learnt the word in the Pasuk, aid and bar, we learnt it originally that there isn't even one witness. And we're saying the reason why we change is because of a general principle that aid means two. Kamara says you don't even need this general principle. You could never learn the Pasuk that way. It's impossible to learn that the Pasuk's talking when there's no witness at all. If there isn't any witness at all, how would you ever forbid her? In other words, we said there isn't an aid against her. It must be in two. And therefore there was one witness because I have a general rule that aid in the Torah means two. That's what we said. Gemara says, and tell me, if you didn't have that general principle, you would have learned the Pasuk simply, which is that there isn't even one witness. I understand. If we're talking about when she had relations, if there is no witness, what would be the proof that she actually had relations? Is there any proof other than having a single witness at all? No, I'm talking about in relations. The Pasuk is talking when she did commit relations. But if I don't have, not different to the Saita, we're talking the case when she had relations. Yeah, no. If I don't have anyone who's testified, let's say I've got zero people, is there any reason to forbid it to her husband? No. No. Can you make it a shua if it's a husband? Is that a no. 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 Shua is not a we don't give in this case. So therefore, the Gemara says you don't need that general principle because over here it's impossible to learn the Pasuk that it's talking about that we don't even have one word. What we're doing here is we're not challenging the halacha. We're challenging how we came to what we came to. We came to the conclusion that you need one guy who saw the relations and testifies, I saw the relations after warning and seclusion, we trust it. Everyone agrees to that? Right. But how do I know that? That's the argument. 
According to the Gemara, when the Pasuk says, Eidein Ba, there isn't a witness against it, it means there isn't two witnesses. And how do we know that? Because we have a rule that aid always means two. However, the Gemara says you don't need that rule because it's impossible to learn the Pasuk that it means there isn't a single witness because that would mean there is zero witnesses. If there's zero witnesses, how can we forbid her to her husband? Again, we're not talking about when she drinks. We're talking about when she has to get divorced. She has to lose her husband, lose the Ksuba, can't marry the guy she was with, etc. So the Gemara says, it's true. Mm. Yes. So if eight means two, why would Hashem, when he was giving us the look of eight, why did he say Shnaim aid him over there? Well, he could have just said aid him, didn't have to say Shnaim aid him. And then why does he say, or Shlesha aid him as well? So the Chazals who answer that question. Because it says, Alpi Shnaim aid him, or Shlesha aid him, and also brings. Why did he need Shlesha? So the droshes are over there. But here the Gemara says when you have the word aid by itself, it means to. So that's a kasha you're asking. It's a good kasha. But Chazal asked that question over there as well. I think it's in, in Shoftim, isn't it? I think it's in Shoftim. Mm. Yes, that's right. I think it's in Shoftim, if I remember correctly. Yeah, 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 that's right. It says, That's right. That's in Shoftim. So there are the other droshes. Good question. But here, the Gemara is laying down a principle. Says the Gemara, It's necessary. I need the rule to tell me aid means two. Because if I wouldn't use the general rule, you know what I would have thought to learn the Pasuk? I would have thought when it says, Aid ain't body, isn't a witness against it. It doesn't mean that there is an absence of a witness. It means we don't trust the witness. Ain neeman We don't trust the witness against it. In other words, when I learned the Posuk, you can see how many multifaceted ways is to learn the Posuk. I would have thought aid ain ba means there isn't one witness. Then we told you, no, it means there's not two witnesses, but there is one. So now the Gemara says, but maybe I couldn't learn it as a Eidein Ba, that there isn't one witness. Morris says, impossible, because where would there ever be any proof if there's not one witness? So Gemara says, no, what it means is there was a witness, but it could be I could learn the Pasuk, I don't trust that witness. So Gemara is asking now is, how do we get to this idea that I need the general rule of aid meaning two in order to understand this Pasuk? It's a very technical piece. Dealing in a havamina, in a first thought, not in the conclusion, and it doesn't affect the aloha. But again, with psukim, we have to be very careful how to do it. We'll go over it again, please God. Yeah, thank you. One minute to go.